Hey everyone, it's Dan, and it is Wednesday, the 29th of March, and uh, Maureen is off floating in an ocean somewhere, and that is wonderful for her, and we are all very excited for her because, let's face it, she's had a bit of a rough run lately, and I'm thrilled that she is actually uh, just chilling out in an ocean, drinking rum drinks, making friends with animals, and uh, floating somewhere. But today is Says Who Wednesday, and uh, last week we left you with a cliffhanger because we instituted a See You Tomorrow protocol because uh, the former president, Donald Trump, was about to be indicted, and then he didn't get indicted. In fact, the is the grand jury... Uh, investigating him, but just kind of fucked off for the rest of the week. So uh, I apologize for leaving you hanging. We would have seen you tomorrow if there was a reason to see you tomorrow, but there was not a reason to see you tomorrow. And in fact, here it is today, and we are also not seeing you today. This was all a big lead up for me to say that there is no regular episode of Says Who this week because of the aforementioned floating Maureen. But uh, we decided to give you a little bonus episode instead. Uh, This is from the Town Watch feed. It is from back in October. There's a nice little vintage to it because it's not super recent. So you may have forgotten it. I forgot it. Secret, I don't remember the Town Watches the minute we finish. But that's fun. Anyway... This episode of The Town Watch, uh, Maureen and I both discuss former jobs. Maureen especially discusses former jobs, as well as uh, this was back when she was high on her planner kick. So there's also a discussion of planner stickers and all sorts of other fun. This is the kind of thing that you get every Sunday, most every Sunday, if you give it The Town Watch. Uh, that is at 5 or $10 a month level on our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who. Uh, and yeah, enjoy. Goodbye. Town Watch. Hey everybody, it's me, Thinky Show, playing a little spree. We lead up music in my old Dennis Orchestra. Oh, Ooh, setting the scene. This is some, and just break the, the, wall, the illusionary wall. When you're hearing this, it's going to be what, the 23rd? The 23rd. Today's still the 15th. It's still just a couple seconds after we left off when I was telling you about my new planner and all the stickers and how they're stressing me out. It's true. This sticker book, Dan, oh, no. <laughs> has 529 pieces. Yeah. It's a lot of, and they're. <sighs> when when I was making the stickers for the sticker club, the plant stickers for the sticker club, I ordered a sticker pack in order to kind of get get a sense of sizes and things like that. And I was shocked at how many stickers were in a sticker pack. Like it feels like too many, frankly. Dan, I want to give you a little advice based on the stickers in my new sticker pack. Okay. And the shame is I really love the design. Like they're very Art Nouveau, yeah. black, yeah, gold, like that. silver. That's why I got it. But then I noticed they have all this advice in them. So I'm going to give you some advice. Oh, you ready? Good. Yeah. Dan, you get what you work for. <laughs>
Thanks, like. sticker. Dan. <laughs> Open it at random and read the first one I see. Dan. Choose to shine. <laughs> oh, no. Gotta read some more. Oh, sorry, knocked over the microphone. And just look close my eyes. And Dan, today, goals will be crushed. <laughs> it's mildly threatening. That is. Dan, live more, worry less. That's a nice one to close. Just live yeah. more, just worry less. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just worry less. I mean, that's like our do more, or do more, doom less. Yeah. Isn't that far off from that, actually? Dan, you are in alignment with your soul purpose. Oh, boy. <laughs> the, I just don't quite understand why it all has to be so live, laugh, love. Like, all Dan, you're doing is fucking making a to-do list. Dan... Be strong enough to be yourself. I can I just ask about that one? Because <laughs> I'm I'm seeing Maureen read this on the on the camera that we are looking mm -hmm. at each other through. Mm -hmm. That one involved you turning the thing like yeah. 90 degrees so, as you read it. That's this one. So it says be strong so be strong enough. <sighs> I know. See and see how good this design is? This is a great sticker. Yeah, it's beautiful. But then you look, and in what very, the word on it in very, very small print, it says, "Trust your, trust your instincts." Oh boy! Right? They've ruined a good sticker with a, but it's so it's written so small. I feel like I can get away with putting that one in there. You could black sharpie over that. This one, it's just the stickers are really beautiful. They're very Art Nouveau. They're very like they're just kind of very, you know, they're cool looking. Yeah. And then you think it's going to be. They, they just kind of sneak it in there. Just these little, just they, they sneak this shit in there, Dan. When you're, um, you're like, look at that one. That's great. It's all black and gold and cool. And then it says real small, it's the perfect time to start. <laughs> but I also don't quite understand because those are very big. Mm. Like that is a large rectangle. Yeah. That then very small within that large rectangle, but it, it says it's the perfect time to start. But that rectangle is black and gold. Jesus, there's so a what do you you just fill your planner with things that cover up the ability to plan? Yeah, but people, that make you feel like better about planning, I guess. Um God, there's a there, I found it. I just found a an extra page I had notice full of advice. Wow. Dan? Uh-huh. Don't stop until you're proud. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? You know, just that, keep going till you're proud. That actually means <laughs> that's, I don't this, think that's solid advice. No, it's look at this shit you've been doing. Yeah. Keep going until you can hold your head up high. Come on, because, you slob. Yeah, come on this uh, oh boy. Coffee in one hand and confidence in the other. Okay, hold on a second. <laughs> Coffee in one hand. Yeah. And confidence in the other. Yeah, only one of those is a thing you can physically hold in a hand. Sounds like they're kind of doing you know what. I don't. That's I like don't a, know what. I know what it means. Oh boy. Coffee in one hand. 
confidence in the other. Uh, good you get God. it? Get it? No. Hanging no. low. Hanging low. <sighs> I love these stickers. <laughs> Start each day with a positive thought. I do. I think about my man. Oh, boy. I think about this how they gone. hang. This has gone from bad to worse. Oh, I think about it. Ah, yeah. Oh, there's a whole another page in here. <laughs> oh, Christ. These all have phrases on them. Um, okay, here's one for me. Be excited about everything. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, here's one for me. Here's another one. You should just go for it. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> you get it. Ah, all right. What is this? Boy, there's a lot of inspirational phrases in here. There's a lot of them. I, I want to let you know that Maureen is just paging and paging and paging through this thing. It's endless. It, there's a lot of them. Oh, here we go. Um, well, this one just says you can. You sure I can. <laughs> Turn ideas into action. Yeah, action. You know what I'm talking about, Dan. Boy. These uh, are Mr. Like, this, that, that's on this. So this, this is turn ideas and this is The design is bizarre for what I mean, they are. They just... I would assume that they have sort of a trough of these sayings and then they just apply them to any type of design, right? What I, what I like to imagine is, is that someone... That oh, there's like a whole bunch of cool offices at the Happy Planner, but then there's some there's like a basement. Right. There's a cubicle with like no light and a flicker, well, a flickering fluorescent bulb. And they're like, you, you've got to sit down here and you've got to write 700 inspirational phrases every single day. Oof. I sort of, I've had this job sort of. Um, did I ever tell you about the time, Dan? I was an editor at um, Book of the Month Club. No. Yes. Uh, I had so many temp editing jobs when I was in grad school, I can't even count them. But for a while, I worked in the Time Life building for a couple months as an editor at Book of the Month Club. And they only, so I edited and helped format the copy for the catalog. Okay. So the writers for the copy, I was convinced that whoever the two, there was like basically one woman and then there was like two other supplemental people. And we were never, ever allowed to tweak what they wrote. Mm -hmm. and they were terrible writers, but their job was to generate exciting content about every single book in this catalog. Yeah. And I was convinced that the particular writer I always had to deal with must have had the, like the owner of the, like the CEO's child in, in a well in their basement because they were like, don't touch anything they write, just publish it. It doesn't matter. And I had to help do the layout and stuff. And it, it was, Dan, just as an organizational thing, I'm just going to tell you something that's going to make you feel crazy. Okay. At the time, because this was done in Quark Express. Oh, yeah. The whole file for the magazine was kept on, an, on, a, on a server that everybody could access and edit one copy in real time. Right. There were no extra copies, Dan. No. There was just the one that everybody yep. edited. Yeah. That's Which how meant, we did. If you screwed up, you destroyed the whole thing. Oh yeah. 
So I was working in the cookbook section one day and this, <laughs> there was a cookbook called Stacked Food. Okay. It was about how to make recipes which the food was stacked up. Sure. And it was called Stacked Food. Yeah. And I will never forget the first line of the copy that was to, get, to entice you to buy this book. It was a fake quote, like a little, you know, a fake dialogue that said, honey, remember that yummy stacked food we had at that nice restaurant? <laughs> I have been haunted by that sentence for years. It was the day I bottomed out. Honey, I bet. remember that yummy stacked food we had at that nice restaurant? I got up from my desk. I had an office, like, I had an office, weirdly enough, but I had, it was in the middle of the Time Life building, so there was no, win I was on the inside with no windows. Yeah. So I was in this completely dark office that always smelled of potpourri because someone had a giant potpourri bowl in there. And so I associate it with like going in and getting hit in the face with potpourri until Oof. you almost were knocked over backwards. Sitting That's in the what I would imagine the book of the month club would smell like. Yeah, sitting at some hot desk, you know, because you moved around, trying not to blow up the Quark Express document <laughs> that we were all working on at the same time. And one time I accidentally moved a box and I destroyed the, like, the layout. Yeah. Well, the I other thing, having used Quark Express for years and years and years, those files would corrupt themselves if you just looked at them wrong. So, yeah, I, I accidentally stretched a box and I literally screwed up 30 pages. Yeah. I was like, That'll I just need it. to move this. Oh my God. And then I heard a scream from the other room and someone's like, you screwed up the whole document. I was like, I literally just expanded a sentence by about an inch. And this is so, we are all working on the same fucking document at the same time. This is so dangerous. I don't know why they just done this way, but that's just how it was done. But then I got up from my desk and I was like, I went outside and I kind of walked around the neighborhood for a minute to get some air. And I was like, honey, remember that yummy stacked food we had at that night? <laughs> honey, you remember that yummy stacked food we had at that nice restaurant? Honey, honey, do you remember that yummy, yummy stacked food? We had at that nice restaurant. The fuck does that mean, Dan? <laughs> I mean, the idea, like, certainly, do you remember that yummy food that we had at that place once is like nope. a thing that anyone said, but specifying that it was stacked is a sentence that no human has ever said. Dan, the whole sentence made me feel like the universe was a blank canvas, that nothing <laughs> mattered. It made all the, the backdrops of the world seem to be painted flats that fell down at once. Thunk, thunk, thunk. And I looked out at a universe of blank white nothingness because nothing mattered. It was just, what kind of food was it? It was yummy. What was type yummy. of food? It was food. What was the restaurant like? It was nice. What was the major characteristic of the food? It was high. It was in a pile. Remember that pile of shit we ate that one time? <laughs> Remember that stuff? It was like stacked up like a bunch of shit. 
Remember that shit we ate in a pile? Remember that pile of shit we ate? You know how nothing matters and we ate that pile of shit that one time? <laughs> it was high. I don't remember anything about it. I don't remember where it was. Could have been the Olive Garden. Doesn't matter. Where was it? What kind of food was it? Doesn't matter. It was a pile. It was that yummy pile of food. And I couldn't change that shit. I wasn't allowed to. I wasn't allowed to edit. I just had to put a little check mark to say, you know what? Great job. Great job, writer. Good job. <laughs> yummy stacked food. You got it. Remember that yummy stacked food? Remember those conversations you have with your loved ones who are sitting there and you're thinking about the time you spent together and the shared experiences? And the highs and the lows and how you've grown and changed and where you might be going together and what that means and how food can be a part of that. Food is a gathering place, a reflection, a reflection of culture. It nourishes us in many different ways, whether we cook it, whether we eat it, at, you know, in different places. Like right now, you're having to eat fast food on the go because your, your wife had to go to the, to the hospital to see her father. And so you get the, you get the McDonald's, you know, like it's terrible. I made a terrible decision by eating that Big Mac, but your sons are like, you know, this was a bad moment, but we are very, very excited. We will always remember eating these French fries. It means a lot to us. And we absolutely attach significance to these things. And you sit down to express all that and you say, honey, <laughs> remember that yummy stacked food we had at that nice restaurant? And I thought, Dan, does anything I do make a difference? The fuck am I doing? I'm spending a lot of money and time being here in graduate school in New York City to learn theater and writing the two dumbest things you could possibly put together. I've set myself on a doom course. I've attached myself to a falling star, not a shooting one. And here I sit, stinking of potpourri in the goddamn bowels of the Time Life building, trying to sell someone a cookbook called Stacked Food, and I can't, I'm an editor, and I can't even edit the sentence. Honey, you remember that stacked food that we ate at that nice restaurant that one time? <laughs> and it made me determined, Dan, to never be in that position again. How, how long till you quit at that point? I couldn't quit, Dan. I got $15 an hour. <laughs> wow, that was good money for that time. It may have been 20 or 25, Dan. I got, I, at one point I was getting like 25. Yeah, I was getting cash money. There you go. Dan, I figured out how to do this job because I was also an educational editor. And I figured out how to do this thing called correlations, which is where you took a textbook and you correlated it against the state standards for all these different states and kind of checked off what state standards the various lessons apply to. Because you basically, in order to sell a textbook to a state, you had to give them this dumb document that was like, we've met every state standard and here's this index in the back that says what every page correlates to on the list of state standards. Okay. And this was a stupid job, but in the process of being an editor for this, I memorized the state standards for at least four states purely by accident, just because I worked on it so much. <laughs> so I could just rattle off Tennessee, Pennsylvania, Florida, Massachusetts. So those are some of the big ones. And I could correlate a chapter of a textbook that was supposed to be a 25 an hour job. Um, and it was supposed to take four to six hours. I could do it in an hour. Wow. So I was making a hundred bucks an hour. Boom. <laughs> Make it like, and it was, they were all correct, but it was completely stupid documents. That yeah. was like, sure. Like, here's how your textbook correlates to all these different. Cause I could just, I just had, you know, it's dumb knowledge you have in your head. Where you're like, well, that's one a 17 B and C and through, and just, 100 bucks an hour. 
Amazing. These are the kind. I had every, my husband is, a, is an engineer, which means he's only had like three jobs ever. Yeah. Like one of them he got when he was 17. Yeah. A summer off from Cambridge, he went to Germany to work at a video game company okay. on video games. Yeah. Then the day he graduated, he was hired and he went to work for one company. And then he moved from that company to the company he works at now. Yep. That's it. Because he's an engineer and people hire them and they do the job. Me, I've had, I don't know, 75 jobs. I don't know. (laughs) And certainly more than one job at once. Oh, yeah. He's never worked in customer service. He has never been behind a cash register. He has never had to make change for anybody. He's never had a customer yell at him. He's never served. He's never had to serve anybody food. He's never had to bust tables. He's never had to clean the bathrooms at Sesame Place. <laughs> he has never learned the lessons you learn when you, when you wait a table and you, and you figure out whether or not you're going to get tipped or you're going to get stiffed. He's never had to do that mental calculus. Wow. He's gone directly into engineering. There you go. He's never been given the sentence, honey, remember that yummy stack food we had at that nice restaurant and gotten to say, I love it. And as the editor, I salute you for the job you've done. <laughs> you've inspired me yet again to go on living. We have achieved our highest purpose. I'm so glad I'm here doing this fucking graduate degree. I feel like this has all been worth it and I've made only good choices. I want to perpetuate this kind of culture. There no- is a documentary called The Target Shoots First. By uh, a filmmaker, I think this was, I think it was his first thing. He's gone on to do documentary stuff since, named Christopher Wilcha, who in the early 90s gets a job at the Columbia Record House. Oh, wow. Which, for those of you that don't remember, because I don't think this exists anymore, you used to be able to get records or CDs later from the Columbia Record House you for you would get like what like 10 records for a penny and then you would be signed up and then you would have to you would be committed to buying x number of records after that for like more than full price yeah you had to buy at least one or maybe two a month after that yeah and uh you would get these little mailers in the mail uh that would have like you know pictures of the records and little descriptions and stuff like that. So he graduates college and he gets a job at the Columbia record house. And he's like a young indie rock punk kid, you know? And, uh, the like Nirvana hits and they're like, Hey, you're young. You should, uh, you, you can tell us about this alternative rock that we're hearing about. And so he starts like moving up the ranks of the Columbia Record House just because he happened to be young and there at the right time and knew enough about kind of the current music. He ends up like launching their like entire alternative rock like mailer and all of this stuff. It is fascinating. And in part, this is the key part. For whatever reason, he got a video camera. Like right before he started, he was like, I'm going to just videotape my experience here. I don't think I'm going to be here long. So I'm, it'd be hilarious. I can show it to my friends. So he videos his whole time there. And like his whole ascent through the thing um, is amazing. It is an amazing thing to watch. It's 
having all those jobs where you where you get hired as a freelance editor and you have to walk in and basically edit whatever they put in front of you. Like, here's the thing we make, edit it. You're like, okay, cookbook text. All right, now I do this. Now I do, now I'm in the New York Times today. Okay, you know, like you just show up and edit, you know. I'd, I can't remember all the places. Also, that same company sent me out on some great one day, because sometimes you get a one day gig because you call in the morning and you're like, do you have anything? Or they call yeah. you and they're like, I got a gig. Do you want it? And you're like, three days of work? Are you kidding me? Because you got paid a good hourly rate, but they took a bunch of it and you didn't always get, you know, you, you always looked for that gig that was like a month long, two months yeah. long, whatever. One day they have a one day, like we have a one day gig. This company is trying to get investors. So they have to look busier than they are. So they, <laughs> they are hiring 25 people to show up today and pretend like they work there. Amazing. So I was one of the, I was like, fuck yeah. And they're like, okay, your job is to just mill around the office all day, sit at desks, make phone calls, like call anyone you want, do whatever you want. Um, occasionally best job on the planet. Occasionally a bunch of you need to gather in conference rooms and I'll just talk with each other. And so we all went in a conference room and we're like, I don't, you know, Hey, how's it going? It's weird, huh? And then we were like, okay, us three, we're just going to take a little walk around the, cause they had a basketball court. It was, it was supposed to be like a cool yeah. company. So they had a basketball court in there and we're like, let's all just three take a walk around and have a conversation about it. And so three of us walked out and we're like, oh, here we are walking around. Just nodding. We did a lot of nodding and pointing. We stopped at the basketball hoop and we bounced some basketballs and pretended like we were talking about business. I got paid for that. That is amazing. That is a job I got paid for. That is a and good we, job. We saw the investors that had a kind of glassed up office above. And we were because they so we were down below on this big floor with the basketball court and the hot desks and stuff. And we were just I spent all day in there just walking around. Just walking around. Amazing. My husband has never done that. He never got hired. <laughs> he never got paid 20 bucks an hour to just stand around in a company. Whoever had that idea in the company was, must have been like, what if, hang on guys, what if we call up Manpower and say, send 25 people and just tell them to walk around? <laughs> Literally, it was like they'd ordered delivery food, but it was 25 people just to walk around. <laughs> I love that. I hope they got the investment. I mean, come on. I called everybody that day. I was like, how's it yeah. going? What's going on? <laughs> oh, I'm just killing some time at this dumb job I have today. Jobs Amazing. are kind of dumb. Jobs, Jobs are, are dumb. So you get like a real one and then you're in it. And that's why you need all your planners. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I thought I'm we so were going to be. I'm so lucky to be able to do my, like to do what I do and work. Cause I never want to go back to editing that stuff, Dan. Yeah. Every day I did my job. Because I was good at those jobs then. I bet. I was also, I always walked in the door with the intention of, I don't want to be here. I want to get paid and do as little as possible as quickly as possible. Yeah. So I was good at them because I was fast. Yeah. And then I was like, because I want to do this. And then I'm going to sit here and write my other stuff. Because like, I know I have to sit here all day, but like, yeah. You're getting an hour of my time at best. <laughs> yeah. I uh when I worked at the 
Chicago reader, the alt weekly there in the production department. It was one of my like, I think it was my first post college, like not, you know, shit job, but I mean, it was a pretty shit job in terms of what it paid, but it was, it was, it was at least in the fields that I was interested in. Um, I'd already been doing Punk Planet for a couple of years at that point. So I was very adept at Quark Express actually is what we used. And um, so like, this was like a people that see the Chicago reader. Now it's this very thin kind of village voice style, you know, tabloid style alt weekly. But back then it was four sections. Like it was this thick ass thing. Um, And so the whole job was in three days, you would do all four sections layout. Um, which meant you kind of would have kind of a big sprint in the morning and then you would have a big lull and then you would have a big sprint in the afternoon or in in the evening for, you know, one of the two other sections. And uh, if you got done early, this was back when everything was uh, physical, you know. And so, and a lot of what they did was have um, band listings and things like, the you know, what shows were happening that week. And our job was, you know, you would get a whole pile of, you know, promo photos of bands and you would scan them in and then you'd be able to place them. And if you got done early, you had to go file the physical photographs of these bands in these giant, you know, filing cabinets. It was boring as fuck. And I finally sat down with my boss and I was like, look, here's the deal. I'm really good at this job. I'm very fast at this job. You know, you can hand me anything and I will get it done. And then my payment for being good at that is I have to go and file photos for three hours and I can't do that. So here's the deal. Either I'm going to get bad at my job or I'm going to nap under my desk. <laughs> like You can choose. And uh, he was like, well, uh, you know, and I was like, look, that's the deal. Like I can't I'm getting punished for being fast and being good and accurate. Know what I'm doing. Uh, I'm happy to run any section, you know, and you can just kick me and I will get up. But, you know, I come home from this job and I work on a magazine until like four in the morning. And so I'm very tired. Like I need to sleep. And finally he agreed. It was great, Maureen. <laughs> I, would, I would finish in the morning. I would pull a hood over my eyes. I would lay down under the desk and then eventually he'd kind of nudge me. I'd get up and I'd work more. I loved it. I love that stuff because that is the correct way to do it. Yeah. Do not, you know, give, let people do what they can do with it. And I think that is one of the things about working remotely or, you know, gigs or digital stuff is that people will do it and then you don't, don't waste their time. Like if they've done it, yeah. pay them and let them go. <laughs> like, yeah, you did it. Thank you. That's certainly, you know, I've done remote work for a long time. And that's like the core philosophy of it is just like, do the job. It's cool. If you need to not be here for certain times, that's also fine. Just if you're getting the shit done, get it done. That's how it should be. The idea that you just got to be at your desk nodding off, looking busy all the time. Yeah. Is, you know, if people are doing it, let them do it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's been... I mean, that's been talking, talking job stuff. I got more stories, Dan. We'll get to my oh. really terrible job next time. Oh, no. That'll, we'll save that for our Is this Halloween the one where episode. Your dress fell off? 
No, that was a different job. That was, I've had so many jobs. My dress doll at my very first actual job that I was hired. <laughs> like my real one that I had benefits at. Yeah, that my dress fell off. If you ever heard that, it's just that I was working the front desk one day when someone was at lunch and I had one of these full button down sundresses and I was entering the front phones and the president of the company walked in and I moved my chair to tell him something and my dress got caught in the wheel of the spinny. And as I went in one direction, the dress went in the other and all the buttons at once went and my dress fell off. Completely, by the way. It was like, boom. Did I wear a slip? Fuck no. That's not a thing. Just fully. It was like rip off. It's like tear away trousers. This was like, it all happened in a second. It was as quickly like I tur- was turning in one direction. Oh, hi, Vince. And then I stood up. So I'm going triangularly. I'm going diagonally this way. Dress is going oh. diagonally down. Oh, yes, I'll do it. It's because I'm on a wheelie chair now. Done. It's like this. Oh, hi, Vince. Imagine this just falling off. And so quickly, too. Thanks, the limited. So funny. Thanks, the limited, for your dumb button dress that doesn't it's stay buttoned. It's so funny. Those buttons, man. The slightest thing, a, a stiff breeze would make those buttons open up. But those, Amazing. they were having those dresses. It was like two for 40 bucks or whatever. And I was like, great, some sundresses. It was like sundress season. And I was like, okay, long sundress. Oh, my God. Wheels, <laughs> chair wheels, loved them. Loved them. Uh, I'd had a, maybe a button pop before that, but the whole dress <laughs> off. <laughs> What was his reaction? Nothing. Okay. He he held it together. Amazing. We, we both pretended like nothing had happened. <laughs> we both completely froze it. Incredible. We both blanked it. We're like, yep, didn't happen. Incredible. I just went, oh, hi, I have some dress falls off. <laughs> I looked down. I put dress like that. And begin to button and send messages for you since you've been out. Like you, when that happens, if you're doing something and you have my dress just fell off, one thing you can do, just it never happened. Yeah. Because sometimes you just have to say, well, that, or that happened, that happened. Yeah. We all know it happened. We're just going to kind of roll with it and pretend it didn't. <laughs> he was cool about it. I got to give him that. He was fine about it. He knew I hadn't well, done it on purpose. On that note, sometimes Dan wild away another half hour. Sometimes your dress falls off. Yeah, Wasn't even the first time that I'd been. One time, Dan, I was asked to fill in on a play I was working on. Uh-huh. This is the kind of dumb shit I had to do in theater school. It was a play that was being staged, and they had to stick an actor in that didn't know. The, he, we were, they, there was a little side group that were s- pretending to be French aristocrats having a picnic while the play was going on. That was actually part of the play. This is one of those complicated theatrical things. And one of the actors got sick. And so I was a dramaturg. They said, Maureen, there were two actors actually that went down. They said, you have to go in and be one of those people. Okay. And then you have to, because you had to just kind of improvise reactions to what was going on. And uh-huh. they said, and you have to whisper to the other person what's happening so that he can react as well. Okay. So I had to wear like a big French fancy, you know, dress. Uh-huh. And then we also had to 
pretend to be making out and almost having sex while the play was going on. It was like part of it. But this actor I was working with, this kind of creepy guy, he really got into it. Oh, he no. completely unzipped. Oh, no. Like 100% all the way down, unzipped my dress so that when I had to stand up, that dress fell off. Oh, God. Like, I was, again... <laughs> oh, but God. the thing was that in theater, n- like nudity happens all the time. I just right. wasn't expecting... Like, they were always taking... You, any, any provocation in those actors were taking their clothes off. Like, all right. of them. Like, you, they were always running around naked. So I was like, whatever. But I'm standing there... My job is to whisper instructions and suddenly I'm standing there in my underwear in the middle of a stage in a play I did not intend to be in when I woke up that morning. And I was like, here I am again. (laughs) Standing naked on a stage, whispering instructions to an actor. This guy has totally taken my dress off and now I got to walk around naked on stage. Perfect. And it was one of those times I'm like, you know, what are you going to do? Here I am again. Here I am again in my underwear. Well, it's not going to be the last time. And that's why things don't freak me out, Dan, because I've had to walk around in my underwear on stage without planning it, carrying whispering instructions to someone else as my job. It's a stupid job. And on that note. Just sometimes it's okay, you guys. The dress falls. Dress fell off. Town watch. Keep your dress on or not. It doesn't matter. Who cares? Stay vigilant. I don't even remember what kind of underwear I was wearing. <laughs>